bucks. Never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's C. Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM The Fan. Check out the website, 1250amthefan.com, or on your Odyssey app for all the interviews I do throughout the course of the week. Just had uh, Tim Dillard, former Brewers pitcher, Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst, interviewed him. That's up on the website if you want to check that out. Jim Polzine from the Wisconsin State Journal interviewed him this week. You want to check that out as well. Tomorrow, a couple of interviews I'm doing during the day. Tomorrow, that'll be up probably tomorrow night or Saturday. K.J. Wright, uh, the former uh, Seattle Seahawk. Uh, interviewing him. He's down on Radio Row down there doing stuff, so we'll talk with him. Uh, looking forward to that. And Eric Name of The Athletic, Bucks beat writer. Going to interview him tomorrow morning. We'll have that up on the site uh, tomorrow afternoon on the Odyssey app. You can catch it out uh, there, too. Nathan Marzian, my co-host, as always. All right, Nathan Marzian, let's talk about the Pacers uh, and kind of what they did uh, so far. So out goes Buddy Heald, two second-round picks. In comes Doug McDermott, Corey Joseph, uh, Furkan Kormaz, if I said his name right on the three second round picks as well. Do you like what the Pacers did at the deadline? It was weird. Cause it's like, you essentially just went from buddy heel to Doug McDermott and got a couple seconds, but like, I just, it was kind of like, why would you even like, why? I don't know why they would want to do that. They seem like they're playing well. Um, yeah. I know buddy, Hield, buddy Hield hasn't been great this season. Like he hasn't, he was averaging a couple years ago, like 18 a game on, you know, 42% from three. He's now like 12 a game, 37%, 38% from three. So he hasn't been as amazing as he was a couple years ago, but still it just was like, I just don't get bringing in a different shooter. You know, they do the same type of thing, Buddy Heald and Doug McDermott. They're, they're spot up shooters who don't play a ton of defense. So it's just like, I don't really understand just like swapping out a, a player that, you know, was fitting in well and seemed, you know, you seem to be working for a guy that's a little bit worse and getting a couple second round picks. Like I just, that was weird to me. Um, you know, I, I don't think they got much better or worse. It just was very odd. What about the New York Knicks? Uh, and I think uh, again, I didn't see them doing this deal with the Pistons, uh, necessarily uh, here at the end of the day, but getting Alec Burks and Bojan Bogdanovic uh, for essentially Grimes and a bunch of other crap, uh, that goes along with it. I thought that was a great deal for the New York Knicks. And I think the Pistons will take a roll of the dice on Grimes and see if he could turn out to be something that everybody thinks uh, at some way, at some point. But they're not going anywhere anyhow. They cleared off some salary in the process. Uh, I, I think it made sense for both teams. But the Knicks really kind of showing right now that, that they're in this to win this thing right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was pretty good for both sides. Pistons may, may have been able to get a little bit more, but I do really like Grimes. Um the Knicks, like, yes, I, I mean, it's a good trade for them. They seem like they're le- like they're, they're they got better. They're legit. They're gonna make a run for this thing. But I do wonder, do they have too many guys at this point? Like, it feels like they just have ten good players that you're like. I mean, how do you even? I, I just don't know how you fit that all together. I don't know how you make that all work. Um, and it's I'm not saying that's like not a good problem to have of having too many good players, but it's just. It's like, I don't know. I, I Sometimes I feel like they have too, like it's all depth. And yes, they have a really good top eight, nine, 10. But when you look at their top three, you're like, can that top three win a title? All right. Probably so right now win. their depth chart, it's Brunson and Divincenzo in the backcourt. Then it's Ananobi, Randall and Hardenstein. Uh, and you have Robinson if he if comes back. Then backups are McBride, Burks, Hart, Bogdanovich uh, and Sims. So again, like you were talking depth wise, if you look at that, they're probably eight deep, maybe nine, but I would say probably more or less eight deep. And they were definitely not eight deep prior to all these trades between the uh, 
uh, Ananobi trade and then coming back and, and getting this deal done here. I think the Knicks did a really good job at the deadline. I really do. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, I'm not trying to say it's bad. I just, I have skepticism about having that many players that are playable, that are good players where it's like, like, again, how do you make that all work? You're going to have to juggle some lineup stuff. You're going to have to juggle some who has the ball type of stuff. And don't like the only other part of it for me was like, they were playing really good ball. Like they were really rolling. And all of a sudden you're throwing Bogdanovich and Burks into that mix. Now, again, that could make it even better. It could. But it also could just add a dynamic where it's like, again, you're taking the ball out of some of the guys' hands that were getting comfortable. They had, you know, obviously Brunson's had a great year. DiVincenzo had been playing really well. And it's just like, okay, all of a sudden you're kind of taking the ball out of their hands, putting it in the hands of these new guys. Could that mess some things up a little bit? It might all of a sudden take them back a step and they have to kind of, get, you know, get used to this and everything. It, I'm not, Again, I'm not saying it wasn't good. I just, there's skepticism on my end of like, how much how great this is for them and how like i just see a lot of people automatically saying oh my god they're they're amazing they're gonna um totally be a contender like i think they're good i think they can give any team a run for their money i'd say they have arguably the highest floor of any team in the in the league but i still don't know if their ceiling has been raised a ton and i just again i kind of question how this will all piece together now that they have to adjust to playing with some new guys what do you think about Philadelphia uh, and and getting Buddy healed at this point? I like I like it for Philadelphia, I really do. I I, I think they needed some more scoring to guard against Maxi if if he goes cold or something in the playoffs to give you another score. I I like what that does for Philly. Yeah, I mean they basically traded a bunch of expiring guys and young like a couple like just meaningless guys for a better expiring guy, so they keep their cap space for the summer because they're gonna have a ton of cap space to to possibly sign someone. Um, after you know all these guys' contract runs out, basically everyone except for Embiid and Maxi. So they keep their cap space, but they get a little bit better this year. Only give up a couple second round picks. Like it was that was definitely a good trade for them because um, it was like basically yeah. I mean you just give up two seconds to get better this season and keep all of your cap space. So they they did a good job with that. What about the Boston Celtics? I, I don't think they did anything major necessarily. If you look at the Celtics, I, I don't think it's anything earth shattering what they did. Cleveland didn't really do anything either at the deadline where you have to be concerned about them. Toronto's been moving pieces around left and right. Um, I'm trying to figure out what exactly they're doing there. It feels like they're trying to be a playoff team, um, even though they don't have Siakam. That's what it feels like to me. Um, What does it feel like to you at Toronto? I am confused at what they're doing. My confusion started last year at the trade deadline when they didn't get rid of Van Vliet, didn't get rid of Ananobi, didn't get rid of anyone. And they like, signed i think it was yaka Pertle and or, or traded for yaka Pertle, and it was like why are they bought like why are they getting another guy they're not contending they're not gonna you know they miss the playoffs and um and then they end up losing fred van vliet for nothing like it just doesn't seem like they have a set direction and now all of a sudden like you, they looks like okay they're finally selling they got rid of um og Ananobi, you know to get quickly barrett pick everything like okay i, I start to like their direction and all of a sudden like they give up a first round pick Oshai Abaji is not bad. Like he's a solid young player, but like, I don't get why you'd want Kelly Olenek. Um, He's got like three years left on his deal. It's not like he's an expiring contract or anything. I don't know. They're, they, it's just a weird, they, they seem like they're destined to kind of be in the middle of the pack for a long time here, for at least a few years here, which to me is not where you want to be. Like you either want to really have a direction of, okay, we're building towards the future or really be starting to go all in. And it just feels like they're in the middle and another move today where I just was like, I, 
I don't really get that. Like, why are you like they shouldn't be giving up a first round pick right now to get some meh players? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. I will tell you the move that warmed my heart seeing Grant Williams go to the Hornets. I was very, very excited about that. I was so happy. I, I don't really care about Dallas and kid and getting PJ Washington, whatever, but Grant Williams getting sent to Charlotte to play for that, that crappy franchise for the rest of the year. Just, it's just made me feel really good about life in general, Nathan. And maybe that's, maybe that's bad of me to say that, but I, I'm telling you when I saw you got sent to Charlotte, I smiled and said, Oh, that sucks. Too bad for you, buddy. That's, that's on you. Too bad. I do in that deal. I do really like the, um, uh, what's his name? PJ Washington aspect of that. Cause he's a guy that I've always wanted on the bucks. I just really like him as a power forward, plays some defense. He's still pretty young. He can, he's pretty versatile on offense. So um, that's a pretty underrated pickup. I think, I don't think a lot of people because he's played in Charlotte, cause he hasn't been very much, you know, in the spotlight don't really know how good PJ Washington is. So um, I'm excited to see what he can do there. And if he can, you know, help them really start to go from like, semi-competing to actually competing in the West. It's funny. I heard uh, the Bulls general manager, press conference, talking about how they didn't do anything again. Uh, and uh, one of the reporters brought up that, you know, fans are pissed off at him. Like, you're not doing nothing. You're not getting us better. We're kind of just treading water, whatever. And he said, well, that's from the fans' perspective. This is a reporter. He said, but from management perspective, was it were you just brought in here to kind of essentially get this team competitive again and competing night in and night out? Um, and then from that aspect, you know, do you think you've done your job? He said, yep, that's pretty much right. I think I have done my job. That's what they brought me in here to do because we've had some injuries and so forth. But for the most part, I think we're pretty competitive most nights. Obviously, do we want to be more competitive with some of these better teams? Sure. And then he points at the standings and the sixth seed and pretty much says that, hey, we still got a chance to be the sixth seed here uh, from the Bulls perspective. As a Bulls fan, I, I would absolutely be mortified hearing him say that it, it, it would be like herb cole saying yeah we're competing for the eighth spot that's all we're trying to do was, just get in i was just gonna say it's like 2012 bucks you know that is just that's that's just absolutely uh horrible i feel sorry for both fans but again i think that team is much different if lonzo ball never hurts his back if lonzo ball is healthy and they have ball levine and DeRozan this entire time with his ability to play point, his ability to score the basketball, that Bulls team is probably much better. All right, take a quick time. I'll come back. We'll talk about the Bucks getting trounced by the T-Wolves, mainly in the second half, uh, or earlier tonight before we came on to do the podcast. That's next here on Great and Growing. Download on your Odyssey app or you download your favorite podcast app.